Welcome to the first episode of 13 Ways to Lead with your host, the 13th Command Chief of the Air National Guard, Chief Master Sergeant Maurice Williams. Our featured guest today is the 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force and current CEO of the Air Force Aid Society, Khalith O. Wright. I'm Master Sergeant Eric Gallion, and today's topic is all about leading by example. So let's get started with some backgrounds from you gentlemen, and then we'll cover today's topic. Hey, just uh, give a little background about myself. Um, you know, I joined the Air National Guard when I was 18 years old in the state of North Carolina. Spent 30 years of service there in the Air National Guard there. Started off in my AFSC. I was a, a 2T2 old port dog. Used to run the uh, airport squadron and converted over to small air terminal now. And I uh, had the opportunity to be a wing command chief, state command chief there in the state of North Carolina. And then a transition out to the, the Midwest in the state of Kansas, uh, where I became the command senior enlisted leader out there. Have an opportunity to be over 6,000 soldiers and airmen there in the state and two Air National Guard wings. And then, of course, from that, uh, from there, I had the opportunity to be selected for this position. So my career has uh, been from the East Coast to the Midwest and back to the East Coast. So it's uh, been a great journey thus far. So I'll turn it over to my battle buddy over here, uh, K. Wright. Well, I'll, that's very impressive, man. I only like long walks on the beach and <laughs> pushback right. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, Mo, thanks for the invite. It's good to be here. You know, I'm excited to, you know, cover a few topics about leadership with you. So I'm Khalith Wright. I go by Khalith or K. Wright these days. Uh, I'm no longer a chief, so uh, I'm getting accustomed to my first name again. But uh, I joined the Air Force in 89. I was a dental tech, and one day I woke up and I was a chief master in the Air Force, and now I'm here with you, Mo, so. It's good to be here. Hey, glad to have you here. Glad yeah. to have you here. Let's go ahead and get started with the leading by example. And it says here that people believe what they see and uh, airmen are always watching us. And as General Colin Powell had said, all work is honorable. Always do your best because someone is watching. Uh, any examples from you gentlemen where you didn't realize somebody was watching and you left an, a negative impression and then you know quickly made that adjustment to show no, that's not what I meant to do. Um, I want to lead by example for the positive. Well, yeah, you always have. I've had those ch challenging times because uh, sometime, hey, uh, you know, you, you're doing, going through a process and you don't realize people that are, are watching you. But at the same time, hey, you want to be doing things uh, to set an example. But sometimes the perception may look a little different, you know. Uh, you take an opportunity myself, I go out to Wings and visit and uh, had a long night, get up that morning. But when I go in there, I got to be on be, uh, going at 100 miles per hour because that's those airmen's first perception of what they see of me when I go into the organization. So you got to put that effort forward. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's a little challenging, but uh, it's, you know, people are always watching. So you never know. You just got to push it that way. When I was a brand new chief. I was stationed at Kadena. I was a superintendent of uh, the dental clinic at the time. And a young lady, a tech sergeant that I had seen around the, the, the base, but she had never spoken to me. She came to my office and she said, hey, uh, chief, you got a minute? I said, sure. She said, hey, I was in the BX yesterday with my son. He's 15 and uh, we saw you. And my son asked, hey, mom, who is that guy? And I said, oh, that's Chief Wright. He's, you know, this. And I told him who you were and all the things that you do. 
And she said, and he said to me, man, I want to be just like him when I grow up. Oh, nice. Right. And so I sat back in my chair. I was like, yeah. (laughs) And then she said, but then we walked around uh, the BX a little bit and we we ran into you again. And this time you were talking to what I believe was one of your basketball players. I used to coach the the base basketball team. And you were cursing up a storm. You were every MF, every, you know, four letter word in in the book. I I don't know what the conversation was about. And my son looked at me and said, Mom, never mind. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a harsh reality right there. Now, I can count the number of times on my one finger that I've been speechless. And that was it, man. I, I had no I didn't I didn't have anything to say. But it, it helped me, you know, really, really realize something that I, that I, uh, I knew already that right. people are always, always watching, watching. even when you, you don't think they're watching. Even I wasn't in uniform. I was in the BX. I was talking to, you know, some some young man. And um, as you could tell from when I first came in, it didn't last long. But I stopped cursing for two, three years. Uh, and I was very intentional and purposeful about, you know, minding my language, minding you know, how I presented myself in public because this young lady and her son, uh, the negative impression that I made. So, you know, I think leading by example, man, is is a huge deal. Uh, and, and not just outwardly and, and, and things of that nature, but, you know, modeling the behavior you expect of the people that you lead is, is probably one of the more important. And I'm glad you have that, Mo, as, as really your first, I don't know if they're in order of importance, but as your first you know, principle right, of leadership. Right, right. Yeah, well, not in order of uh, any purpose or order, but that's one of the things they see. You know, always when I'm out there talking to Airmen, I, I talk about, uh, I have this thing, I talk about four M's. Model, mentor, multiply. And um, um, so one of the things I talk about when I talk about modeling, I always say, hey, scientific studies show that 89% of what is learned is through visual stimulation. 10% is audible. And the other 1% is through the other senses. Mm. Say, so what does that mean? People believe what they see. So yeah. you got to set the example. So I push that all the time uh, because, hey, like I say, those situations, everybody's, uh, everybody's watching. Hey, and I'm kind of like you. I try to watch the, the cursing when I'm up there. It slips through every now and then, but uh, it's the matter of controlling where you are. And things I didn't do a good doing. job, man. These jobs will make you curse. Yeah, they'll make you scream and holler. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it sounds similar to uh, parenthood. I've I've noticed, you know, I I don't have kids myself, but I know multiple parents who who do something and then they see their kids model that behavior and they're and they see the the good side of it and they see the bad side of it at the same time. And they think kind of makes them self-reflect. I don't want to push that message. I want to push the good stuff, the right stuff the stuff that benefits other people and, right, and right, bring right. that to the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of parenting, you know, studies, are, you know, Mo, Mo mentioned some studies. I do a little bit of coaching now. And as part of that, I do this personality assessment. And, and uh, one of the things that I talk to my clients about is that, you know, 60% of your personality, you get it honest, right? It comes from, you're born with it. Right. You get it from mom and dad. And, and so many times we, as parents, uh, we get upset about things that our kids do, but I mean, they kind of get it from us uh, in most most instances. But 
That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one thing, you know, you mentioned parenting too, you know, one thing I will uh, ask you is, uh, has there ever been uh, one person or multiple individuals that you think has had an influence on yourself and uh, set an example for yourself? Yeah, absolutely, man. No, you know, the story is I actually get, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, Joe Wimbush uh, certainly deserves his just due, but people people probably get tired of hearing me talk about, you know, my mentor, Joe Wimbush, when I first came in the Air Force. He was a person that took me on his wing, that taught me how to be a man, taught me how to be a professional, mm-hmm. uh, gave me a lot of tough love. He's from Pittsburgh, the right. inner city. And uh, so all of my little slick, um, tricks and stuff he already knew and and called me on it but uh he was a and still to this day continues to be like an amazing role model man he he's just a you know he retired as a first sergeant out of, right. out of Andrews he still lives in the area so I get to see him quite often he and his wife um Diane they basically adopted me uh into right. their family when I was a young airman and uh he's just been a great role model man for for lots of years so right. that's been really important Right. Yeah. Like for myself, uh, I've never had one direct role model, one mentor. I just kind of pull uh, bits and pieces, pieces from different individuals because uh, I grew up in a single family home. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that male figure. There. And even outside of that, you know, um, I just kind of just pull bits and people and people I, I had relationships with not i would say close relationships so after that uh it just kind yeah, of but you turned out all right though man you're doing I, good you man. know I, some say good some say bad I'm i don't know <laughs> 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 but yeah that's something you know uh back when the back when you was in the seat you know you used to talk about um you used to use this phrase so put your mask on first before helping others if what did you really mean by that when you used to say that? I mean, because I, I look at that, I think about it as being an example, taking care of yourself first and getting that representation. Can you open up that for you? Well, it was a very literal, you know, translation. I, I flew, I've flown so much in my life and um, it first came to me, I think I was sitting on an airplane and I heard the, the flight attendant say, hey, if this cabin loses pressure, you should put your mask on first. Now, she never... She or he never goes on to say, or the little funny videos they have now on right. Delta or whatever. They never go on to say, because if you don't, if you can't breathe, then you can't help any anybody right. else. But but I think that's implied, right? Right. And um, <clears throat> I spent my entire career, man, you know, taking care of other people, thinking about other people, thinking about the best way to, to take care of the airmen, the troops. And I never really focused uh, from a, from a, um, and I don't mean from a selfish standpoint, uh, I never, from a health standpoint, I never right. really said, okay, if you're going to be traveling 290 days a year, if you're going to be going to meetings back to back, if you're going to be out jumping out of airplanes and doing all kinds of getting shocked and all this other stuff, you probably need to get the right amount of sleep. You probably should put better things in your body. You probably should work out, you know, more, more regularly. And it wasn't until I got sick after right. my first year. That I realize, okay, if I'm <clears throat> in order for me to take care of everybody else, I got to take care of myself, and so that means, you know, putting your mask on um, first. And so I, I just think it's important, man, for all of us, whether you're a senior leader, a parent, you know, an airman, to be able to take care of, you know, your colleagues or your peers or your fellow airmen. Like you gotta, 
you know, have some level of inward focus in taking care of the things that allow you to be the best version of yourself every day, right? Can't right, show up here right. in the studio and, and produce shows if you're always tired, if you're not eating right, if you know, things, things of that nature. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing, especially in these jobs, it's a little challenging. And then by doing that, just like my team, my staff, I call it Team 13, uh, that kind of, that sets the example. I'm the same way. I watch what I eat on the road because everywhere I go, there's a social event. Hey, I get up in the morning, usually around 3, 30, 4 o'clock, go out there and run. And um, so, you know, the team, the team, my team, they get out you there. get up and they at 3.30? Get up at 3.30 because I have to go out there and run. I come back. I take a shower. I like that that time to relax, get my mind right, uh, look at the schedule, what time really you go get to bed? prepared. Hey, sometimes it's uh, 10 o'clock. Oh, you're a beast. You know, right, so I just got to stay with it because the, the only thing I'm thinking about, hey, that next day I got to go in and the man going to be looking at me. Yeah. So sure. uh, just staying on it. But that, you know, that has uh, created that culture within my team, too, that do that. But like I said, hey, in order you to be the best version you can be, you, you got to keep yourself healthy. You yeah, got you, you to invest in yourself. You know, it kind of relates to uh, uh, looking up. I, I always think about this. I'm explaining now. They changed the institution companies in the Air Force, the Air Force Foundation of companies, and got them broke up in sections. Develop self, others, ideas, organization. Oh, but wow. it's that self thing that, you know, we got to look at, you know, like you say. Because these jobs here can be uh, very stress- stressful and with the travel, you know, uh, getting in late, getting up early. You know, kind of we was talking earlier when we was up in the office, hey, being delivered in managing um yourself you know so you have that energy but you know part of the challenge i think is these jobs when you put it in perspective Mm -hmm. these jobs really aren't that challenging and stressful compared to airmen that are out on the flight line or that are you know guarding our bases for 12 and 14 hours and trying to balance you know the little bit of money they make with having a family and and dealing with you know, all, all the things that, that, that life brings. And so what I think is important for, you know, you and I, certainly you now, um, because you're still in the military, is making sure airmen get that message early. Right. Like you, don't, you don't have to wait till you become a chief or a colonel to start thinking about taking better care of yourself. Right. You really should 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 do it now because, you know, then you build those habits over the years. Right. And then when you do become a chief or a colonel or whatever it is that you decide to become in life, um, it's something that's more natural to you. Right. And, and you kind of understand how to balance your time, how to manage your energy. And, and so, again, I think the whole goal is that you show up as the best version of yourself uh, every day, not only for you, but for your teammates and the people that depend on you. Right, right. You know, it, it leads me to uh, kind of another point, you know, discussion. You know, I know one of the things you used to say, uh, I was somewhere and someone asked the question, hey, uh, and you used to say, hey, be, be authentic, be yourself. You know, and uh, a lot of people, uh, sometimes they feel like as you get up in rank or get up in positions, they can't be that. They got to be something different. But you got to be your natural self. And that's, to me, that's uh, going back to setting that example of being Hey, uh, personable. Mm-hmm. If that's that's the kind of person that you could, that you are, not trying to force anything. Uh, I just think that carries a whole. A lot of people actually, you know, we go somewhere. Oh man, you're so down to earth. Well, I've been like that out the entire time. Mm-hmm. The, the position didn't change me from being who I am, or, you know, being authentic. So 
Yeah, it sounds it's easier, you know, <laughs> than it sounds, right? Yes. Because and I and I wholeheartedly believe it and I, I think I've had a and you know, there there's been times when it's been helpful for me to be, right. you know, the caliph that I've always right, you know, thought myself as. And there's other times when it probably wasn't helpful, right? People right. wanted me to be more of this or more of that. Um, but it sounds easier than it actually is, right. you know, sometimes. Right. Because I think, uh, and again, I'll point to our young service members, our young mm-hmm. airmen and, and guardians, man. There's always this pressure to be more professional, to be sharper, to be smarter, to, you know, do more, to achieve more and, and uh, sometimes that man that creates a lot of stress and it creates these facades and it creates these masks that people wear, you know, every day to, because they think, you know, in order to please the supervisor or to get BTZ or to get promoted, I have to be this 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 person. And so right, right. we we as leaders don't always do a good job of creating an environment that allows people like, Hey man, just be you just right. 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 If you get, if you're going to get promoted, I'm going to help you. <clears throat> if you're a little bit rough around the edges, that's okay. Um, right. Cause we all started that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but, I can say I did. Uh, well, you know, I did, but so, so I just, I would say to, you know, your audience and the folks that are listening, you know, don't just tell people to be authentic and be yourself. You right. like, you got to create the environment that allows them to, Right to, right to be themselves to ask questions you know to challenge you to challenge the system to you know um, use the dialect that they're most comfortable with right uh, right um, and you know all kinds of different different other things and you know frankly here's another thing that causes people to not be themselves is we there's this, there's this assumption that everybody wants to be the chief master in the air force or you know the SEL right. for the air national guard bureau right some people just want to do their time and get out some people just want to be the best technician and we shouldn't judge them one way or the other we should allow people again to become the best version of themselves and and but there's so much pressure man to to get promoted to to you know to win awards to do do all this stuff so how can how can you on on the one hand say be authentic but also I need you to be like the number one and best airman in the world. Right, right, um, right, right. Whether that's what you want to be or not, right? And right. if you don't, then I'm going to look down on you and I'm not going to give you opportunities and you won't get to go TDY. And right, sorry, man, I'm just right. rambling. I'm just ranting. Hey, that's what that's what we're here for. You know, it kind of <laughs> hits on, you know, something I was going to talk about, you know, because in, uh, in, in that paragraph where I talk about leading by example, I say, you know, and I was cautioning putting that words in there. Uh, benchmark excellence because people always think I judge excellence by you're doing the best you can do not based on someone else and that got to push that pressure I think that in an environment you know and that's where you know you talked about the environment people being authentic and it goes to one of my other categories I'll jump into that but that's empowering that's empowerment with those individuals you Mm know Uh, that way they can feel that they can express themselves yeah, I think, you know, I don't I don't know that you should be hesitant about putting it in or leaving it in the idea that mm-hmm. you should as human beings, we should benchmark excellence. Right. It just needs to come with a qualifier. Right. By that, I mean, you become what what is your definition of excellence and then right. becoming the best mm-hmm. 
you know, and then reaching for for that goal, not what I consider excellence or, you know, in some cases, I guess you have to consider what the Air Force considers um, excellence and, right. and whatnot. But I think it's OK to have that in as a part of your right. your concept. It just, you know, has to come with the qualifier of, you know, asking the question, hey, let, let's talk about your definition of excellence so that I can help you reach whatever that is. Because right. my mine is going to be different. Right, right, right. I want to be the president or I want to be an astronaut or I want to, you know, kick everybody's butt in, in everything right. and make stripes on the first try and all this other stuff. Yours might be, you know, something different. So Right, yeah. And, and that goes back to that point where you were talking about, you know, hey, somebody just want to be that, that technician that does not want to be the chief master of mm-hmm. the Air Force. But, hey, that's their goal. That's what it'll be. And they maximize that opportunity where they are. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just think that's great, you know. And wow. and I think the last part of it is that's as noble as the person who wants to be the chief master in the Air Force, right? It that's shouldn't true. be, yep. hey, you want to be the chief master in the Air Force, therefore you have high aspirations and you're in this category. Oh, you just want to come to work and do your job well every day. Okay, that's that's fine. And, you, you know, you just... Right, you right, right, no, right. This, this is just right. as noble as... Yeah, and so I'm going to invest more yeah. in this person over here that wants to be something quote that wants to be something to high aspirations but their aspiration is still the other person over there want to be you know the best Texas now so we should hey look at them as equal and provide still same opportunities and let that person decide if they want to pursue other things or not when it comes to development and and doing any other things and that's why I think that uh, changed that culture of you know within that organization Mm -hmm. yeah some great some great points on that Um, yeah so. I definitely like that attitude. I feel like we're going to have a little bit of kickback from some of the the older service members that are still in who still feel that ambitious drives are what accelerates airmen, you know, as opposed to the ones who, you know, I'm here to do my job and then go home to my family. Because mm-hmm. I still see that to the, to this day, you know, and, and, um, and there are people who, who are passionate about other projects. There are people who are passionate about you know, once I retire, uh, I've already got my plan laid out. And I'm excited to get to that. And they just want to come in, do the job and then go home. And then they have a supervisor that says, well, could you do a little bit more volunteering? You know, it'll make your record look really good. And you think, well, I, I could, but that takes away time from things that I find more important. And it's, it's not it's not offensive by any means. It's they just have a different mindset. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to have kickback from from old heads, but that's just part of working in an organization like the Air Force, like the military, where you have at least four generations, in some cases maybe five, right, from baby boomers all the way to uh, Gen Zers, I think is the current youngest mm-hmm. youngest mm-hmm. generation. So you're going to always have that conflict of what we believe and back in my day we walked to school right. barefoot blah, blah, blah you know we never talked to a cheap cliches like, yeah you know got it and the young people who are saying hey there's better ways to do this that's like why are you still using floppy disk this like yeah i can you know i had an example of that <clears throat> in air force aid society when i first got there a year ago was you know we still write checks we still if you come to air force aid society a year ago all you could get was a check like mm. a check check Paper check. Paper check. cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, our team was a little bit hesitant to move to Zelle and PayPal and some of these other, you know, um, things. But, again, that's that's the kind of natural friction you get 
when when you have multiple generations in in a work work environment and and I think you know both both or all generations have to one understand each other right, right. understand what how old people think and see the world and us um um, Gen Xers like me and Mo yeah. have to understand how Gen Zers and whatnot um, see the world and try to meet. You know, you don't have to meet in the middle, but we have to give some and you know allow them and help them understand how 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 to give some. But sure. this this idea that the older airmen, senior NCOs uh, are going to disagree with the fact that some people just want to come to work and do their job. Yeah, got it, but. Um, you know, get over it. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is not 1975. It's like life has changed. Not everybody joined the military to become a freedom fighter and all this other stuff. You know, some people are just trying to get by and take care of their families and do their time and then move on in life, or do their time twenty years, get to a retirement. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not contributing any less because they don't aspire to be. You know, in I think that's the key there. message right there is if, is they're still contributing. If, are they still effective? <clears throat> are they still getting the mission done? Yeah. You know, that, right. I think that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, we it take it takes everyone to, together to get it done. You know, and it takes all hands on decks and uh, to get those things. You know, one of the things uh, sometime I'm out there and I hear some of those uh, soldiers comments like that. And I tell those individuals, hey, give the airman what you needed when you was airman. That you need someone to talk to you about guidance in your career. That you need someone to redirect your paths. Hey, did you need someone to ask about your family? Did you need someone to give you some financial guidance? But you know what most like what 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 happens more often than not is uh-huh. what we as senior folks give is not what we needed, but what we got. Right. 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 We right. needed someone to talk to us right. about finance, about mm-hmm. our family, about how to balance. But what we got was, hey, man, you got to suck it up. Life's That's right. Hard. That's right. You know, you're in the military. You get paid. Right. And so our natural instinct is to give what we got, not what we needed. Right. You know? Right. Right. Which is, right. Just so, makes that whole situation. That's uh, right. That's uh, right. A little, a little right. bit worse. Yeah. Because it's. Uh, yeah. That's why I use that term. Hey, give them, give them what they need, because. If you reflect back. Hey, you need a lot more than what you got by then, you know, especially uh, during the times of coming out. My supervisor, I, I can say I, I don't remember a great supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, probably had a lot of great supervisors. I wasn't a good airman, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like, <laughs> well, you had a balance that is. <laughs> Maybe that was my case, too. That was but I your tell case. You, yeah, I did because they was, they was, that could have been because they was hard on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was you at? You checked in the drill. I ain't seen you anymore. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a good direction to go in, though. You know, let's um, let's move on to the next point really quick. As as leaders, we shouldn't ask our airmen to do anything that we are not willing to do ourselves. Um, and you know, it, it says here that leadership is hard and, and it takes courage. I think one of the examples that comes to mind is is knowing when to admit you're wrong. Um, for one, it looks embarrassing, but at the same time, um, it it leaves a sense of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've noticed that seeing like leaders that own up to being wrong shows a sense of, of courage and wisdom. Yeah. Can you guys expand yeah. a little bit upon that? 
Yeah, you know, I grew into this, right? Before, both personally and professionally, it was hard for me to say I'm sorry. It was hard for me to say I made a mistake. Um, but in my last years, maybe four to five years, you know, I got very comfortable with saying, you know, I thought this was a good idea, but it really is not. And so let's not, not do it. I was getting ready to change something with PME, um, some PDUs, or I was doing something with, you know, it was, and I had all cooked up and it was going to be all fancy. And then, like, right in the middle of it, I thought to myself, this won't make sense. And we can't track it. And chiefs are going to, like, hold people accountable and all this other stuff. I was like, this was dumb. <laughs> and so I just came out and said, you know, I thought this was a good idea, but it's not. I'm sorry that people had to do all this work, but I'm scrapping it, mm-hmm. you know. And I got I got pretty comfortable with, you know, publicly and um, with my team, you know, uh, what we call Team 18 of saying, you know, hey, I messed up. I made a mistake. I should have done better. I had a uh, – this is probably a good example. I had a an exec um, that I hired. I hired him. I sought him out. I picked him. And he he ultimately didn't do well as my, my senior exec. What I later realized, it was because I didn't set him up for success. I didn't spend enough time. I didn't provide clear expectation. I didn't provide the backing that that he needed. Um, and then I found myself in the position of having to ask him to move move on, right? Um, and I felt really bad, and I had to apologize to him and say, hey, man, I messed up. I wish I was there for you. I wish I would have been more available to you as a supervisor, as a mentor. I wish that, you know, I had set you up better for success and so I I think I don't think that's something that I would have done you know five years ago I would have made all kinds of excuses you know I would have pushed it all on him and the system and the Air Force and and everything but you know I I learned over the years to you know for my own good and for my own kind of cleansing of my own soul to be able to admit when I make a mistake and, and, and move forward you know Man, I tell you, that's that sounds just like me. I very challenging, type A personality. Hey, pushing forward all the time. It, it, I just learned really probably maybe about uh, probably about six years ago. Since I've gotten become a command chief, unfortunately, that's when I start to sit back and say, Hey, it's time to you know if you're wrong, hey apologize and hey make a correction it's okay to make a correction but pushing so hard all the time and that's it and that's that's kind of i built that since i become a really a command chief because i've had close execs around me and those have been you know uh, individuals i bounce information off of and gathered that information because hey they're sounding boards for me and uh you know as i talk to talk to my team now Hey, I pull them in the room and, and uh, ask that and ask the questions. Mo, let me tell you the problem with both you and I in this situation is it took for us becoming command chiefs to learn this lesson, right? Which is right. it's never too late. Right. But you know how do we how do we allow and I'll go back to create a culture that allows people to freely admit uh, mistakes and fess up to things when they have more to lose, right? Because right? by the time you become a command chief, right, you got nothing to lose, you're in charge, you can't right. call the shots, you mm-hmm. like, you know, 
you know, you already have at least some level of credibility based on your rank and, and, and position, if nothing else. But how do you learn to do that when you're a staff sergeant or a tech sergeant? And, you know, that's that's as I look back, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I wish right. I would have been better at it as a younger person. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have created started creating the environment for younger people much earlier in my career and not just you know when you're all old and you know all you do is make mistakes anyway right right well you know and and that comes with growing and maturing you know (laughs) when you know better you should act better yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point do better i just saw that on something somebody had something yeah so well hey it's been great conversation um you know thanks for coming out for the first uh, my first podcast uh you know the conversation has been well i think uh you know we've really touched on some points about lead by example and just talking about life you know in general you know uh there's a lot of things that contribute to that good example or example whether it be good or bad we can all learn something from it but uh just want to thank you for the time uh uh coming out and just get here on the mic from me and so the next time we see each other, we'd be on the golf course. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up today's uh, episode, Chief Wright, can you share? K Wright. K Wright. Um, can you share a little bit about what you and the Air Force Aid Society has been doing to continue the support for airmen? Yeah. So, uh, man, Air Force Aid Society is, you know, we've been busy in the last year, probably one of the biggest things that's applicable to uh, at least a, a portion of the folks here in the room is Mm -hmm. we opened up all of our eligibility programs to um, all guardsmen and reservists, uh, regardless of status. So before, in order to get emergency assistance from Air Force Aid Society, you had to be either, you had to be on orders, you had to be an AGR Mm -hmm. or on orders for at least Mm -hmm. 15 15 days. And uh, I just didn't think that was fair, uh, you know, when I was in. And, and even now we talk about one Air Force. And, and so I think if you wear the uniform, whether you active, you know, or guard or reserve, then you should be eligible if something happens to, to come and get money. So that's been going really well. Uh, we took on when I was in the Air Force, we, myself and my peers from the other services, we tried to get the Department of Defense to pay for pet transportation um, back and forth uh, overseas. And, That's cool. And obviously it didn't work. And so when I got to Air Force Aid Society, I saw an opportunity for us to, to provide grants. And so now we provide a $1,000 grant uh, for folks who need to fly their pets from the Pacific or from Europe. I didn't realize that, you know, it cost anywhere from 500 to $6,000, depending on what size pet you have wow. to, to get back. I didn't know that. There's limited spots on the on the rotator for pets, and most of those probably go to chiefs like Mo and, and uh, his boss. <laughs> that's and, why I'm glad I don't uh, have right. pets. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been very a very popular program. We've generally um, began to um, provide more grants than loans. We we provide a mix of either a no interest loan um, or a flat out grant, right, where you don't have to pay it back and. We were a little heavy on the loan side, probably too heavy for my my liking. A no interest loan is good, but it's still debt, right? It's still money that if you don't have money, you got to worry about paying back. And and so we've kind of shifted the the percentages on how much money we actually give away, which just means we have to do a better job of raising more money, which which we've uh, been doing in the in the last year. 
Um, we've taken on stuff like special needs, you know, all of that stuff is automatic grants, cranial helmets, and we got a lot of great programs. Airmen who are moving out of the dorm um, and need, you know, money to pay, you know, when you move into an apartment, you got to pay the first month's rent and the, you know, deposit for lights and all that other stuff. So we have quite a few programs, um, you know, directly centered around helping airmen, guardians, and their families. And then we're going through a huge technology um, upgrade. I listened to uh, the Air Force talk about one day we're going to get this new IT system for about seven years. And, <laughs> and we're about to have ours in like, it'll be about a year. Um, and so I'm excited about about that. That again allows us, we already have Zelle payments, um, but it'll we'll be able to integrate all the rest of that stuff, PayPal and Cash App and Venmo and, and stuff. Really just to help, you know, um, Airmen Guardians and their families get their money quicker. It's good to hear. Um, so, yeah, I've been shaking the place up. You know how I do, man. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Chief Fast Sergeant Williams and K. Wright for the outstanding insights and airmen. Remember to set the standard for excellence. Be the person that people strive to emulate. Lead by example, and be the change that you want to see in your organization. Be sure to follow the Air National Guard on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And for more of Team Thirteen. Follow the director of the Air National Guard on Facebook. Join us again next month on 13 Ways to Lead, where we will be talking to Staff Sergeant Angelica Smith of the 118th Wing on leading by empowering people. From all of us here at the ANG Podcast Network, have a great Air National Guard day. Team 13, out. 13 Ways to Lead is produced by Major Amber Schatz. Our editor is Master Sergeant Brandy Fowler. This episode was recorded at the Secretary of the Air Force Public Affairs Studio in the Pentagon and was mixed by Master Sergeant Brandon Fowler.